Well, uh, man, what a, what, what a great day. I feel like we're back in COVID with the amount of people that we have in our... Oh, throw me one of those, honey. So for everybody who showed up today, don't you wish you'd come now? Or, or now, and this will be true for later, or if you come out Wednesday, we have a hat for everybody. So how cool is that? And on the hat, it says, you are good. Why? Because God is good, and you are a part of God's creatures. And then this cool, really cool navy blue hat, you are good. And so we have hats for all of you. This mass of crowd that we have here today, we have had. And then if you come out Wednesday night, of course, we'll have some. Each week, we're giving away uh, something that will build our bag that we can add to it. And hats are a good covering, especially if you don't have a lot of hair like I don't, and you go out in the morning time and it's a little chilly, it's a good covering. The Word of God is a good covering for us. It covers us, okay? And that's what we want to talk about today. So I want to get back to my Bible, uh, the King James. I've been recently preaching out of English Standard Version. I do the Holmans quite a bit, uh, Message Bible occasionally. And my King James, I got as a gift from my wife on December 25th, 1999, and it's a Christmas present, Honey, I love you, uh, Janie, and it's got my name on it, Mark Dolphins, and I have preached out of this. I was telling Janie, I've preached out of it so much, it's got black tape, gray tape, white tape, and a black electrical tape. It has, uh, it, it has Gorilla Glue, Super Glue, and uh, liquid nails. And then on the inside, it has uh, red ink, yellow ink, black ink, green ink, blue ink, pencil, and pen. It's an antique. It really is. And then I dropped it the other day, uh, and I will show you that from John, the 15th chapter, three revelations are no longer with us. <laughs> I mean, they're here. They're just not attached. So I, I want to share uh, two things. One, it's good that you have uh, the Word. When we grew up spiritually and we had questions, our pastor would say, what does the Word say? What does the Word say? And so we would go to the Word. I think the Word of God is living, and we're going we're gonna to read about that. So you may, you may or may not. I love how good and cool God is because back in the day when they started taking prayer out of school, the Ten Commandments off the, court, uh, the walls of the courthouse, you can't take your Bible to school, even though every single room schoolhouse in American history had a Bible as its main teaching tool. And we started to remove these things, and then we wonder why America America is in the place it is. When you remove God from things, then there's something else that has to take that place. But then God uh, give wisdom to men, and so now we can carry everything on our phone. We can have our Bible. We can have our daily devotion. We can have our prayer time. We can do small groups Zoom, uh, with Zoom on our phone. And so I would just say if you don't have what I would call the real, the real written Word of God, at least carry it on your phone. But this is not just the Word for me. It's a weapon. I've preached so many messages out of this Bible that I can go to certain places, and I don't, even if I don't know the chapter and verse, I can turn to it. I did it for one of the scriptures I'm going to use later today out of Isaiah. The other day, I knew what the scripture was, but my Bible had been spent there so many times that I just flipped it over, and it fell right to the exact verse that I wanted it to go. And so I would suggest to you here 
online, read a verse a day, read a chapter a day, read a book a day, read every day uh, out, of the, out of your Bible. And there are one-minute devotions, there are five-minute devotions, there's 30-minute devotions. I, I'm not trying to make it easy. This is why we generally don't cancel church. I feel like uh, I want to make it an effort to get there. And, you know, maybe we should have. There's a ton of snow out there and there's ice and, and maybe you guys are all the smart ones for staying home. Uh, but... I love to get in the presence of God with God's people, and Jesus only, only needed 12, right? I, I know there's more than 12 here, slightly more, but there is more than 12 here. So let's read today out of 2 Timothy, the third chapter, verses 16 and 17, all Scripture, everybody say all. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the men of God may be perfect. That really means sincere or complete. We're not going to be perfect until we get to the other side. Thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We know that it's alive and it's real and it's true. We thank you that we're able to preach out of it today. We thank you, Jesus, that you were the word made flesh and you came and dwelt among us. Eugene Peterson says you moved into our neighborhood. We thank you for that, Father. Be alive here today. Day, even with our crowd. Be alive online in homes and kitchens, Father, in living rooms. Father, we pray today, Lord, awaken us. Awaken the giant within. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, amen. I love this scripture. When we were uh, growing up, I gave my heart over to the Lord in a relational way. Always loved God. Always went to church. Uh, never, uh, never the Catholic Church in Omaha, Nebraska. Never canceled. We were always there every Sunday. Uh, Janie's uh, father's church. When I gave my heart to the Lord in a relational way, never canceled service. And 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 snow and wind and and we're not talking about. We're talking with Sunday morning Sunday school, Sunday morning service, Sunday night, Wednesday prayer meeting. It we, never. But Janie's father on Wednesdays, especially when a group of us young Catholics uh, came to know the Lord, he would make us memorize scripture on uh, every Wednesday, okay? So he'd have a chalkboard up there, didn't have fancy screens, had chalkboard, and he had that scripture written in there. And this is one of the first scriptures that I ever memorized, that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Do you know that in the beginning God, four words in the beginning God, God's existence is not questioned in scripture. Some people will say, well, how do you know there is a God? You take it by faith. This is how we know there's a God. We take it by faith. Well, how do you know this Bible is real? It's more real than anything you can ever imagine. It's the Word of God. Now, if I don't believe that, I can't preach it. I can't live it, and I can't live it sincerely. I can't live it with my whole being. I have to believe that the Bible is the written word, inspiration of God, that he spoke through 40 different authors over 1,500 years, the same story that his son is going to redeem the world, and he has. This is the word of God. This is, this is the truth. And so today I'm going to pull out four things the Bible will do for you, the word of God will do for you. I'm going to give you three things that we need to do uh, as we become Christ followers. But I'm interested in this first scripture. Put 316 uh, up there one more time. Second, yeah. All scripture is given by inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine, reproof, reproof correction, instruction for righteousness. And I wonder if... 
it's not uh, something that God did in the very beginning. When we first learn of the voice of God, we first learn that he instructed. The first, first thing he said other than, to anybody other than Jesus was he instructed Adam and Eve, stay away from that tree of the knowledge of good, living good and evil. So, stay, so he instructs us, instructs us, doesn't he? He gives us this instruction that, wait a second, not everything is good for us. Even Paul said he could do a lot of things, but they weren't all good for him. And so we have to understand that the word of God, we have to line up with it. It doesn't have to line up with us. And that's a big error in the church world today. Well, it's okay. You can go ahead and do it if you feel good about doing it, if you think it's all right to do it. I still can only do what the Bible tells me I can do. <laughs> I got to stay away from the things that I can't do in the Word of God. So the first thing he does, he instructs. The second thing he does is he redeems. He says, Adam, where are you? And it's not about judgment. It's about redemption. He Come, come here, Adam. I, did you eat from that tree I told you not to? Yes, I did. That woman you gave me. We all got to blame a woman sometime in time. That woman you gave me. And he was, but he was redeeming him at that time. And then the next word he gives is the word of correction. Hey, I can't let you stay in this garden any longer. You might eat from the tree of life. So he does those three things. He, he instructs, he redeems, he corrects, and then he goes after the enemy. He says, this, this day you're going to pay for. You're, you're going to understand some couple, three, four thousand years from now that when I send my son, this thing's all over with. And don't you know that God always has the last laugh? It's the redeeming quality that he has. So four things that the Bible tells us or shows us that God is. Number one, the Bible shows us God's character. God has character, and if we're made in his image, then we have that same character. We are of the same character that God is. It's important to know because I think some people struggle with their identity. They struggle with their character. They struggle with who they are. You don't have to be anybody. Just be who God made you to be. In fact, if you can't be that, just be like God because you've been made in his image. Just, just don't struggle with the fact that you've let somebody down. Don't struggle with the fact that maybe you're a failure. Don't struggle with the fact that maybe you're insecure. Don't struggle with the fact that maybe somebody does it better than you. You just start acting like the Word of God. You start acting like who God is in your life. Well, he's my redeemer. He's my friend. He's my friend. He's, we learned it on Wednesday night through Emily, what Drew said. He is holy. We know that God is love, but God is holy. He's righteous, he's sincere, he's loving, he's merciful, he's grace. In fact, here's what he is. He'll give you grace and he'll give you mercy. If you refuse that, he'll give you judgment. And so I say go ahead and grab the grace and mercy all the time and let judgment take, take care of itself. So if we want the judgment, we can get it. But why not take grace? Why not take mercy? Why look at that character? He shows us who he is in his word. If you want to know a story about somebody, when we first moved down here, Janie's father's uncle, Uncle Sam, a wonderful person, very successful in life, and just a really good guy, wrote a book on the family history. And so some of the stories in there we didn't even know. And, and so in reading the book, the history comes up. You learn about, we learned about uh, Janie's grandfather, 
who at 12 years old would go out and crank up the Model T so Grandma Lola could go ahead and go out and pray for people. And if I, if I remember the book right, she's seen 12 dead people come back to life. It's just an amazing story, and, and Sam wrote it so eloquently. We learned about, the, we learn about people when we read biographies, when we read autobiographies, when we read about history and culture, and the Bible has all that in it. We need to be word people. We need to be people that say to each other and to other people, what does the word say? And even in a society today where maybe not everybody believes in the Bible or believes the Word of God, part of it is because we've misrepresented. We've used it to bash people down rather than pick people up. We've, rather, we've done it to judge people rather than show mercy and grace. And we can show mercy and grace, then maybe they too will obtain the mercy and grace rather than the judgment. So I, I read this earlier uh, this week. It was amazing just on how, how we build character. Uh, your thoughts turn into words. Your words turn into actions. Your actions turn into habits. Your habits turn into character. Your character turns into destiny, and your destiny turns into legacy. It's really important that we hold our thoughts captive, as the Word of God says, right? Let me say it one more time. Thoughts turn into words. This is what God said, let us make man in our image. He spoke this world into existence. Our thoughts turn into words. Our words turn into actions. This is how the world came to be. The spirit world is much more alive than this world is here. Our actions then turn into habits. If you do something for 21 days, they say it becomes a habit. If you do it every, you know, every day, if you wake up and do, you know, go for a run or read your Bible or hopefully go to work, it becomes a habit after a while. Your habit then becomes your character. And unfortunately, we don't say this is what I do or this is what I am. I'm a child of God. But maybe I am a small business owner, or maybe I'm a preacher or a teacher, or maybe I'm this or that. But it becomes our character. Our character then becomes our destiny because we've outlined a pathway of that which we will walk. That way we will go. And our character, our destiny becomes the legacy that we then leave behind. I'm, I'm thrilled with the legacies that both Janie and my family have of just loyalty and love, fruitfulness, God-fearing, uh, preaching the gospel for uh, generations now. And I love what God uh, is doing and has done, but there's a destiny and a legacy that's built upon character. We have to make sure that that character is found in God. Number two, reading the Bible keeps us pure. There's a purity in the Bible. Uh, I think we have a scripture here. Psalms 119 and verse 11 says, David, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. When I keep this thing pure, and even when David did sin in Psalms 51 and 10, he said, create within me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. We have the word of God that will keep us pure. In fact, Philippians 4 and 8 says to think on those things that are pure and holy and righteous. Janie had a, a poster in one of the kids' rooms when they were in middle school or high school that you look at this every day, or maybe it was even college, I don't know. You look at this every day, and I know I remember who that is now. Look at this every day and dwell upon it and read upon it. Thy word have I hid in my heart. No, that is reading the Bible. Bible will keep you pure. It will keep you humble. It will keep you in a right frame of mind. It's when we get critical and cynical and sarcastic that we probably haven't been in our word enough. 
I will go back to what uh, our pastor, seer, would say. What does the word say? How do we act? What, what does the Bible say? Let's break it open. And many times we would do those things. We would, I would call from down here. Marcus called one time and said, I talked to Grandpa. How, how's he doing? Good. What did you, did you, how come? He said, well, I had a question. And I thought, well, you could ask me. <laughs> he wanted to go to the top of the food chain. He didn't want to hit the, the middle row. Well, let me tell you this. Some of us are reaching the top of the food chain, whether we want to be there or not. It's your mantle. It's your baton. It's your time. You, you, God is putting you in position, but we have to do that with a pure heart. We have to do that with a, with a clean heart. Number three, God's word should challenge us, okay? It should lead us in a life that becomes challenging. We, we, we don't like the part where it says, die out to self. We don't like the part where it says, pick up your cross and follow me daily. We don't like the part, those things, so we start to pull things out of the Bible. We, we, well, I can live any way I want. I can do whatever I want. I can judge however I want. I can do it, Pastor. The Bible says, no, it doesn't. It actually says to die out to yourself daily. It actually says to pick up your cross daily. In fact, James says in uh, the first chapter in the 22nd verse that we should be doers of the word and not hearers only. Because why? We deceive our own selves if we don't. Well, you need a nursery worker? You need a, a greeter? You need a, you need a, a, a mower? What do, you, what do you need, pastor? Well, we need everything. We need prayer warriors. We need worshipers. We need, we need people that will take dinner. We need people that says, I believe in this word enough that I'm going to walk it out in my life. And Janie was, we help people every now and then. Many of you do. I know many in this room do. I know many people online do. And, and it's nothing, we are no different than anybody else, but occasionally we'll help different people out. And, uh, and she was in conversation with the person the other day uh, that just, that we help occasionally. And uh, it's like, you know, why? Why? And, and Jenny said, but it's been modeled in front of us for years and years and years. And it's what the Word of God says for years and years and years. Why wouldn't we do it? Why don't we do? Why shouldn't we be challenged? Why, why shouldn't we pray or, or fast? I was telling a good friend of mine the other night at, at dinner, you know, we used to do absolute fast for seven days. You, you just had water only. I figured out that during the absolute fast, I just I created a bunch of liars and cheaters. <laughs> How's the fast going? Really good. They just came from Burger King. It's like you... You ain't fasting? Like, we can't do that, Pastor. I, uh, I mean, uh, I've been cheating since day one. And then my wife one time said, jokingly, I think, I just hate you. <laughs> I, hate, I hate you making us fast like that. And I, so, I, so I peeled back a little bit. We do a 21 day and it's a little bit different. But I think we should do what the Bible says. I think we should do what the Word of God says. And I think we should allow the Word of God to challenge us in any way we can. I love people in this room right here, I know who they are, and watching online, who choose to walk humbly, who choose to not pass judgment, who choose to look at the good side of people, who choose to be challenged by God's word over and over and over and over and over again. Listen, when we stand, and I, I am one that people have decided to pick on on Facebook, but when I stand in judgment, I will not stand in front of any one of those people that have ever criticized me on Facebook. I will stand in front of the King of kings and the Lord of all glory. I will stand upon the, the almighty God and answer for the words that I have thus spoken. Amen? 
We have to know what the Bible says and what the Word of God says because it will keep us pure. Number three, or I'm sorry, God, God will challenge us. Number four, God's Word gives us blessings and strength and courage. And I love this part because it's like, all right, if I'm going to put in the, the hard work, I do, I do want some benefits from it. Now, heaven's a good benefit, but God's like, he realizes those things in our life. Okay, you're, you're in that realm, but I want to bless you. So he takes Joshua aside. Let's read Joshua 1, 8, 9, two of my favorite verses in the whole world. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein on it day and night. In other words, I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to read the word. Now, pastor, you're simplifying. That's not really what he meant. That's exactly what he meant. You take the word and you chew on it. You take the word and you digest it. You take that word, yeah, but it, you know, it's, it's prehistoric, it's, it's old school, I mean, people aren't reading their Bibles anymore. Yes, they are, and they should, and they will. That what? Why, why should I do that? That you may observe to do according to all that is written therein for then. So in other words, with God, it's if I do my part, then God always does his part. For then thou shalt make my way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Verse 9 says, have I not commanded thee, be strong and of good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee wherever you will go. Verse, throw verse 8 up there one more time. Then thy way will be prosperous, and you will have good success. Listen, it's written in the Word of God. Joshua was promised it, okay? And listen, by the way, we talk about Joshua generations. We're going to do a, a Joshua generation uh, three-day meeting in September, okay? Joshua was 80 when he's getting these words. Joshua was not a, a young pup. He was 80 years old, so it's never too old to, to really understand God's written word. He'll make your way prosperous. He'll make your way in good health. He'll, he'll strengthen you. He'll bless you. He'll give you courage. He'll, if you allow God's word to be birthed in you, all of a sudden now you can stand strong. Now I am a strong believer. Let's go to Psalms, first chapter, verses 2 and 3. This is, this is uh, David saying, Stay away from people who are evil. Stay away from people who don't know any better. Stay away from people who are just give you bad counsel. Stay away from people who give you bad doctrine and bad prophecy. Stay away from the people. But if, you, if you'll delight in this in the law of the Lord, in, the, in other words, in his word, that's his law, and in his law does he meditate night and day, listen to this one, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth his fruit in his season, kairos, do his leaf also shall not wither, and I love this part, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. Church, you can't beat that with a stick. Whatever he does shall prosper. I know people, Jenny and I were two of them, that we've prayed about certain things. One time I was in our other church praying about something, early morning prayer meeting. I said, God, you you got to give me clarity. God, you got to show me. It was either this or that. And it was laid it out before the Lord. I prayed, and he's, he took me to Psalms uh, 1, verse 2 and 3. And I said, Lord, it, that, that's not an answer. That's not clarity. He said, yes, it is. We're having a conversation back and forth. I said, what do you mean? He says, whatever you do, you're going to prosper because you love me. Because you've hidden your word, my word in your heart. 
because you walk in that. You're like that tree. You're planted. You're, your substance is going to flow. Sometimes we hang on the balance, and God says, wait, you make the decision. It's your call. God, God's in charge because he loves you. He's going to make it work out, and he has. Over that particular thing, he has, he has more, than, more than worked it out and taken care of it. God's a good God. So those are four things you can take away. Let me give you three things really quickly on, on what, you, what you can do with the word of God, what you should do. One, you need to declare the word of God. You need to declare God's word over your life, over your home, over your family, over your finances, over your, we, we need to declare healing over one another. We need to declare life over one another. We need to declare love over one another. In fact, the scripture that I opened and turned to, you don't have it up there. I'm going to read it. So shall, this is Isaiah 55 and 11 and 12. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. We stop there usually, but listen to what it says. But it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the one thing where I send it. For ye shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you in singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Now, I don't think that's metaphorically. I think that's God saying, you send his word out. He's got the trees just a waving and clapping the mountains bound down. He says, listen, God sent his word out. They can't wait for it to come forth. They can't wait for it to not happen. They can't wait for you to start declaring things over your life. I declare I'm the righteousness son of Jesus Christ. I declare I'm joint heirs with Jesus. I declare that I've been made a son of God of the Almighty, and that works for women too. We're all sons of God because it was a son that got the heir. I declare that God is alive in my life. I declare that he is blessing our community, our church, our homes, our family. I declare that all sickness must go in Jesus' name. I declare that. I have the right to declare God's word. I have the ability to declare God's word. Why? Because I'm standing on God's word. But number two, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Number two, then we proclaim his good news. I want to proclaim his good news. Now, here's the thing, and this is why some uh, 27% of people in America are what they would call none, non-church goers. They don't believe it. Someone's been, in their family's been hurt by church. Someone in their life has been hurt by church. They don't believe that church is any good, or, but the church hasn't always presented good news. That's the gospel. The gospel is good news. If you get together with somebody and you raise your Bible up and hit them over the head, literally or figuratively, and say, you're going to die and go to hell, that, that's not a really loving way. But if you get with that person and say, hey, if I could teach you someone who died for you, that can give you new life just by accepting the work that he did and you did it in a loving way, isn't that really good news? It's like in the, the, we were watching the news this morning, stay off the roads. Well, many people should stay off the roads, but they were on the roads. You're on the very thing you're telling me to stay off of. Why are you on the roads? Stay off the roads. And you and I and who are here today, we, we wish some of the people that we encounter on the way here would have stayed off the roads. But the good news is just that. It is good news, church. It is the best news that we have when the world is in a bucket that it's in. And people will say, listen, I, you know, if the world's coming to an end, it might be. Jesus is coming back. He might. 
Well, don't you think so? Yeah, I know he is. I'm just not forecasting if he's coming back today or not. But we're living in the end times. We have been since Acts, the second chapter. Stop it already. Definitely living in the end times. But that's been for 2,000 years. Uh-oh, pastor's on a tangent. No, I'm not. Would you just start preaching life and stop preaching death? Would you stop proclaiming that it's not going to work out when Jesus sits on the right hand of the Father, has all the power that his Father gave them, and he loves you so much in creation that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Why we were yet sinners? Why can't we get this idea that it really is good news? I'm the eternal lopness. Uh, regarding the Raider football team and the Husker football team. Oh, they got a new coach. Praise God. All right, it's going to be the year. They got a new quarterback. <laughs> Praise God. Well, they played yesterday, and they didn't do, do so well, but, you know, they made the playoffs. I got to think about good news. But some people are eternally negative. It's like it's not going to work out. It's not, this ain't going to happen. You know, it's, you know, Jesus is coming back. He's just coming back for just like, like a handful. I, I, don't, I don't see that. Because my Bible, this word that I preach out of says that anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Anyone. That even means me. Oh, but now it does say, and I believe this, that when we're redeemed, there was some correction. There was some consequences for Adam and Eve's sin. They were repelled from the garden. And so if we can't find ourselves in a mess that only Jesus can get us out of, there might be some consequences there. That's okay. At least your name's still written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. And he will find a way to get you out because he always does. He's the master. That, that's good news. That's good news. And, and if we continue to beat each other up with what's bad in the world, we fall into the enemy's hand because everything that's good about the world was created by our Heavenly Father, spoken into existence by His Son, and created by the power of the Holy Spirit. All three live in you right now in His Spirit today. So we proclaim the good news. But last but not least, and I submitted to it a minute ago, we have to stand by faith. So what do we do? We declare this word of God over our lives. We proclaim this word of God to other people because it is good news. And then we stand by faith in the word of God. Why do we stand by faith? What, what's that all about? Because when we don't do anything else, the, the prophet said, and everything else fa falters, then you just stand still. You stand strong. You stand by faith. When you don't know the answer, maybe you don't even know the question, you're standing by faith. Father, I'm going to stand by faith. I know you've told me to do this. I know you told me to pray this. I know you told me to speak this. I know you told me to go here. I know you told me to do that. I'm just going to stand by faith in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm standing by faith. I know others are standing by faith as well. We stand together by faith. We know what the Bible will do for us and give us, and we know what we're supposed to do, but we don't know what else to do, then we just stand by faith. It's a faith walk. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek after him. So what is that? I'm going to stand by faith. Father, I'm standing by faith right now knowing that you're going to work it out. I don't have the answer, don't need the answer, might not even know the question, don't care what the doctor says, don't care what the attorney says, don't care what the employer says, don't care what the society says, don't care what the president says, don't care what government says, I'm standing by faith in Christ alone. And when I stand by faith as the worship team comes back, then I can understand that maybe I'm not the sharpest tack in the world. And I can understand that maybe 
there's much more brilliant minds that think they have this thing figured out. Or I can stand uh, and say that maybe, you know, maybe we, we should be doing things differently. But at least for right now, I'm going to stand by faith. Stand with me, those of you who are here in this house. If you're online and you feel comfortable, just stand because I want to make a moment. I want to make a statement, not only to God. Remember, God made a statement. He, he gave instruction to Adam and Eve. We started that way. He, he gave redemption to Adam and Eve. Then he gave correction but then he dealt with the enemy. So what we want to do today is I'm going to make a stand. I'm going to make a stand to God. God, I'm in it for the long haul. I'm in it. I'm, I'm standing on your word. But at the same time, I'm going to make a stand to the enemy because the Bible says that because of Jesus' work on the cross, he is now under our feet. Now think about that. So every time we stand, we crush the enemy's head. Every time we walk, we crush the enemy. Every time we stand in faith, we're crushing the enemy's head. We're crushing that entity that he thinks is smarter than even God Almighty. So now we're standing and we're raising and we're loving God and we're saying, Father, I'm gonna stand by faith. So if you're comfortable, just raise your arms up for a moment. Watching online, you're comfortable, raise your arms up for a moment. I'm gonna pray, we're gonna sing a song and, we're, and I want you to worship during that song, say, okay, Father, here I am, I'm standing on this need. I'm standing for my loved one. I'm standing for my family member. I'm standing for my friend. I'm standing for my business. I'm standing for my, uh, you know, my community. I'm standing for my church. I'm, I'm standing for revival. I'm standing for healing. I'm standing, I'm standing, Lord, on all of these situations. And while I'm standing, I am literally crushing the head of the enemy because I'm standing by faith and he hates my faith. Father, in the name of Jesus, as those people are watching online, as those people are in-house, we stand. Father, we stand in awe. We stand in reverence, but we stand by faith, my God. Lord, we stand by faith knowing that you are in control. You are not worried. You are not nervous. Father, Lord, that you are, you are the creator of the universe, and we thank you, Lord, that we are on your side. So, Father, I pray right now, speak to each person standing by faith, Lord, in-house or online, and whatever they're scenario is, whatever their situation is, let them now declare it by faith, oh God, that you have it worked out, that that healing, that miracle, Lord, whatever that life situation is, it's taken care of right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
How many of you received that word today? Wasn't that powerful? The word of God in general. We just receive God's word over our life. And every declaration and every promise, the Bible says that all of your promises are yes and amen. That's, that's God's promise. So whatever it is that he has for you today, we're going to believe what the word of God says. I'm going to take just one moment before we end, and I want to close the service in prayer. But if you need prayer, whether you're here in person and you have a prayer request for yourself or somebody else, we have a prayer team here. But if you are online, you can either uh, comment in the chat box, wherever you're watching, or even if you're watching this later, you can go to gracechurch.tv slash contact, and you can actually submit a prayer request, and we'll forward that to our prayer team, and we want to join with you in prayer. And we want to believe all of the promises that God has for you. And if that is for victory, or salvation, or healing, or freedom, or whatever it is, we're going to stand with you today. Do you believe that with me? Do you, do you stand in agreement and believe in the Word of God? All right, well, let's close in prayer, and then it, you don't have to rush out. If you want to send that email to us so we can pray with you, or uh, stick around afterwards so we can pray with you or for a loved one. Lord, we just come before you, and we declare that all of your promises are yes and amen, and we stand on the Word of God. Lord, and you said that the sick can be healed. You said that the lost can be found. You said that the blind can see, the deaf can hear. Lord, you said that the dead can live again, both spiritually and even physically, God. We look to you, God, as the answer to all of our questions. God, and we come to you today believing your promises, believing that you are who you say that you are. God, and we stand on your word. We thank you for this message that was given to us today, Lord, by our pastor, but also through your Holy Spirit to our hearts. God, we ask that you would, we would stand on it as we go through this week. Holy Spirit, empower us to do your work. We thank you for it, God, and we believe for miracles today, and we stand in agreement with our brothers and sisters in Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Have a great week. Stay safe, and have a good warm time in the snow today. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.